Welcome back, everyone, to the Roast Masters Fantasy Football Podcast. It's been quite a long time since we've spoken to you, and boy, does it feel great to be back. Along with me, as always, Doug Glatke, Garrett Harrison, and boys, we're getting closer to fantasy football season. Doug, you are just the fantasy football god in our league, winning it two times, unfortunately dropping it in the championship to Brad this past year. But, man, he's got the wisdom. He's a guy you want to listen to. Doug, how you been? Well, boys, we are back. We are finally back. I didn't know if we were going to do this this year. I'm very glad we're doing it. And I just want to say, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Brad is the only reason that I have not forfeited in that league. That is 100% true, Doug. It is just because of Doug. Doug dominates the field in the league and the Roastmasters League and – as you all know, maybe know, our, the last place in the league has to put a license plate on the back of their car that says, I suck at fantasy football with a uh, unicorn uh, farting out a rainbow, it looks like. And none other than the loser last year, Garrett Harrison. We don't know what happened, but Garrett, you're looking to bounce back this year. Uh, how you been? Dude, It's uh, it was a shame. It was a shame to say the least that I, I got last place and we do a fantasy football podcast. Like <laughs> that's pretty embarrassing. Um, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm planning to come back this year. I don't even care if I get second to last, as long as I can get that goofy license plate cover off the back of my car. So I'm, I'm ready to get it. I'm, I'm hungry. For sure, Garrett. And uh, last year, you were new to the auction league setting. You have to do one. So you probably bring another expertise to the podcast this time from doing auction to PPR to non-PPR. He's got you covered. I got you covered. And Doug's got you covered. Over the next couple of weeks, up until the start of the season, we will be posting on Anchor here, which broadcasts out to Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, also, Doug will be posting this on YouTube, so we'd appreciate it if you'd go follow us on our social media pages. Uh, Doug, I believe, is getting the Twitter back up and running. We'll make sure to, to do that if you're not already subscribed. Doug, you remember the handles for the Twitter and Instagram? I remember the handles for the Twitter and the password because I made the, tw- the password something that all of us can never forget. I, I remember that too, Doug. Uh, but I, I was literally like thinking like the other day, I was like, what's the password? And then it came to me. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Instagram, RM underscore fantasy football, RM underscore fantasy football. And we're Roastmasters pod on, or RM pod. I forget what it is on Twitter. It's been too long. I I'm going to look, this. man. Roast underscore M pod. That's right. Roast underscore M pod on Twitter. Go give us a follow. And uh, what did I just say? Uh, RM underscore fantasy football on Instagram. So we'll be posted on there. We did some viewer questions last time. Uh, we'll probably throw some viewer questions out for everybody to start the shows. But over the next couple of weeks, like I said, we're going to be doing divisional previews. We're going to go team by team and break down some fantasy stats at every position for you, as well as predict how we feel that team is going to do not only into the division, but overall for the year. So we're going to start with the AFC North and our favorite team. 
I'm repping it, the Pittsburgh Steelers. You see Garrett's got the Pittsburgh shirt on. Penguins in the back for Doug. So uh, last year, you know, the Steelers started off really hot. Not the finish that we wanted as Steelers fans, but we're going back this year and we've got a new running back for us in Najee Harris. So the number uh, is 24 pick in the first round coming to Pittsburgh. And uh, Doug, how excited for you for Najee Harris? We know that the Steelers have rough uh, offensive line, one of the worst in the NFL. They made some moves. I don't know if you like that or not, but first of all, offensive line, good or bad for Najee Harris? How do you feel about his fantasy outlook for the 2021 season? All right, so real quick before we get again to Najee, offensive line-wise, I'm not nearly as worried as some people are. Um, I think Banner's going to be okay. Kendrick Green's going to be the guy from day one, I feel, at center. And um, I think Trey Turner's an upgrade at guard over um, – DeCastro, because last year DeCastro was bad. Like you could tell, and I don't think that he's going to sign with another team. I think that him getting cut was very indicative of sums up with this guy and he might have to retire, you know, something along those lines. And I mean, the only real question mark is left tackle. Is Chooks going to be able to play left tackle and play it effectively? I'm not 100% convinced on that, but honestly, dude, I am. I'm big on Najee Harris, dude. I think it adds a completely different element to the Steelers' offense, having a legitimate running back, because it allows Ben to get into that, like, Brady-Rogers-type role where he can just be a game manager, you know? And I hate to say that, like, late in, late in his career, but, like, we're to that point where Ben just has to be a game manager and know how to run a game. And I think Matt Canada is going to help him do that very well and very effectively, even though we all know that Matt Canada really isn't here for Ben. Uh, Matt Canada is here for Mason and Dwayne Haskins, uh, trying to come up with a offense to run post Ben. But um, honestly, man, I think Najee's going to be big. Um, I'm, I, I, you know, I personally don't take Steelers players a lot in fantasy football, but. I might jump the gun this year to draft Najee. Yeah, I, I agree with what you have to say, Doug, uh, as far as Najee. The question is the offensive line, and we'll jump to Garrett. Uh, Garrett, same question. Big pickup with Najee Harris. He was a stud at Alabama. But the big question is, we know what he can do, but can he do it behind this poor Steelers offensive line? Yeah, um, I think Doug really hit it on the nose there. I'm not very too concerned about the offensive line, to be honest, because whenever, you know, you had Pouncey and DeCastro and then you build on the wave with them, people were kind of concerned if we were going to have a good offensive line and Bell had multiple great rushing seasons with us. I think it comes down to is that, yeah, they – Bell did have to wait a little bit for the blocks to develop. And I think Harris is more of a downhill pounded kind of rushing kind of guy. But I think, I think with the pickups we got, Harris is going to find a way to get yards. I, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping he has a thousand yard season. I'm hoping that he's good enough to, that when he can do the play action, right. And people are going to bite on the run kind of like almost a, uh, uh, Derek Henry, 
and Tannehill kind of situation what they have going down there in Tennessee. I, I really want to see that in Pittsburgh. I want to bring back the pound it down your throat, hit you with a quick pass when you're not looking. I think overall Najee should be on your watch list for uh, top running backs to draft this year. You know, maybe not in your top 10 to see how he plays in the preseason, but definitely keep an eye on him because I feel like he's going to be a beast if our line that we drafted can actually come out and perform. Yeah, the Steelers are definitely excited to have Najee Harris. Let's just look at his stats at Alabama. He had 251 carries, 1,466 yards, 26 rushing touchdowns, along with four receiving touchdowns on 43 receptions, went for 425 yards. So that's big. I know Big Ben likes to pass it out of the backfield. And with those stats coming out of Alabama, that is really good. He also, two years ago, had 20 total touchdowns, and seven of those were receiving. So that is one thing that I really like about him. One thing to note, though, is his ADP. He is going somewhere around the second round, later second round, early third round. Uh, I got to ask both of you, is that somewhere where you're comfortable taking a rookie, Doug? I, I don't know. To me, it really depends who's left, but I think at that ADP, it's it's tough to draft him there. Yeah, it worries me a little bit, but then again, like I feel like all last summer we were talking about how worried we were about Clyde Edwards either. Uh, at that same ballpark of uh, ADP. And um, I mean, honestly, I think that these past several years that we've been doing this, we've had a rookie running back basically go slap us in the face and be like, you know, basically say, hey, we don't know what we're talking about. So I think this year might be the year that I finally crack and do it. But um, then again, that might be the difference between me going to another championship and not, you know, like, that's the thing. It's like, I don't know if I want to break up the way I do it and the way that I do business just to get nausea. Um, But that's yet to be seen. Um, you know, I guarantee you we're going to have like a big preseason game and that's just going to, you know, throw me through a loop. And, but honestly, like, I don't think it's bad ADP for him, you know, because you got to think he's in like that, so like that late second, early third, like it's like that Joe Mixon range of like player, right? I'd take a chance. I'd take a chance on Najee over Joe Joe Mixon because for the past several years, Joe Mixon has burnt everybody in terms of like draft stock and actual production. So, you know, I think it's might be worth taking a risk. All right, Garrett, you happy with taking him there or if you have the ability to? Uh, see, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't mind taking him there. I wouldn't mind taking him there only for the reason that there's some other running backs that I'm not really hyped up on that, you know, like I'm not a big Joe Mixon fan. I don't, I don't really, re, you know, wait to pick up Joe Mixon. If he's there available at a decent round for me, yeah, I'm going to take him. With Harris, I he's a rookie. I I kind of I kind of want to take him. I mean, crap! I took Josh Jacobs last year, and he only had one season under his belt. And I think I think with taking Harris, 
at those early rounds, you also have to play it out. Like you said, is there, you know, is there, um, you know, good running back still available? Who's, who's been taken, who hasn't been taken. Like it's, it's all about who you need and how to fill your lineup and to better fit your way of getting a win. And I think if Harris is there for some people, I'd take them. Why not? Because this dude might end up being the workhorse for us, kind of like Ezekiel Elliott was whenever he went to Dallas. No one expected him to do those things, and then look what he and look what happens now. Like he's he, he balls out each and every week. So taking a chance on Harris, I'm not going to say 100% do it, but take it, go for it. If it's going to help, if it's going to help you win, and and you'll be that you know upset and not have to use that stupid license plate anymore i say go for it <laughs> yeah for sure garrett and garrett unfortunately knows the pain of that uh, uh, getting last last year but for those that are maybe new to fantasy football or when we're talking about adp we're meaning average draft position meaning where they're averaging going so Najee harris averages the late second or third round and so you got to decide, well, is he worth being taken there? And we'll talk a lot about value, where we see value in later round picks, even in the early picks. So uh, that will definitely be coming our way. But as we go away from Najee Harris, let's talk about the Steelers quarterback and big Ben Roethlisberger. He finished last year quarterback 14 with 3,803 yards and 33 touchdowns, which was uh, seventh best in fantasy and 10 interceptions. He was healthy last year, returning from his season long injury the year prior. Uh, interceptions were his least since 2014. And in 2014, he threw nine. So Ben's going on 40. Uh, he's got some good wide receivers uh, who we'll talk about in a minute. But let's start with Garrett Ben or Garrett is Big Ben. Somebody that you're still looking to draft, uh, knowing that last year he didn't really perform all that bad. Dude, that's a tough question. <laughs> um, honestly, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna sit on Big Ben. I'm not gonna. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't go close to him. He's not. He's not like he used to be. And yes, he had a great year last year. But a lot of those, a lot of those uh, touchdowns he had, they weren't kind of scrambling they weren't they weren't that great every pass seemed to be like a quick slant I don't I didn't really care for the passing offense last year even with Benhamless having 4,000 yards I I really think we we got to find a quarterback to fit us I'm not a big Mason Rudolph fan I'm not a big Dwayne Haskins fan I know Doug might differ on that opinion but that's fine I I just I really think we need to keep looking. We need to keep looking for the future. And if with this new offensive coordinator, like I'm really hoping that Ben can have more reign of the offense and call better offensive plays that fits him and his style. You know, it was nice with him last year, being able to just throw uh, only being in the back of the pocket, the quickest release in the NFL being back there for, you know, three seconds or less, like that's nice, but not someone, not every time is someone open in three seconds and you're forcing balls in certain areas. And then another thing where, which we're going to get to is a lot of those, a lot of, a lot of the plays last year for Ben, how many, how many incomplete passes happened because receivers and tight ends could not catch the ball. And I'm sure we're going to cover that, 
But, you know, that's what people think, too. It's like, okay, Ben's not where he used to be. And, yeah, as a Steelers fan, we both we all know Ben's not where he used to be. But he played amazing last year. If he's there and I need a backup quarterback, of course I'll take him. But he's not going to be my starter. He will not be my starter. Doug, same question to you about Big Ben. Uh, like I said, the numbers don't look terrible, but he is pushing 40. Is that something that you're going to be staying away from uh, in a fantasy draft? It's something I'd stay away from in a starting role. I wouldn't mind taking him as a backup quarterback. But um, with, with the numbers he put up, it's probably going to be impossible for free to get him as backup. But anyway, um, I think that the offense is going to be a lot better this year simply because – the principle, at least on paper, the idea of having Najee and Pat Frymuth blocking probably works out way better than having James Conner and like Vance blocking, you know? And the other thing that I um I heard this from somebody, I don't remember who. They're talking, they're gonna run some offensive sets where Ray Ray McLeod's going to be in the backfield like a gadget guy with Najee. They're going to run two backs and they're going to do some like double motion and stuff like that and get everybody like off kilter and things like that. And I think that while that may not be best suited for Ben, that might help him in certain regards. I think that that's the type of stuff that we're going to see in the future, whatever. Um, this is Dwayne Haskins' team, you know. I, I'm going to go out and say it right now. Like he is the next, he's going to be the next quarterback whenever Ben's done. Um, you know, it's just right now that that's going to come down to, can he beat out Josh Dobbs in training camp? And I feel like you'd be crazy to think that he is not able to beat out Josh Dobbs in uh, training camp. But um, honestly, man, I mean, Ben's going to have another good year, you know? I mean, everybody, of course, once again, everybody's downplaying him and downplaying his greatness and his ability to still play at an elite level going into an age 40 season. And, you know, he's, he's like a throwback in that sense of that stuff fuels him, you know, that gets him going. It's gonna, it's gonna get him going again. And, you know, he's going to spend an entire year of just basically telling people to shut up. Yeah, Big Ben should have a good season as far as fantasy. Uh, I agree with Doug is I'm not going to take him as a starter. If I did have to take him as a starter, as such as in an auction league or, you know, I'm having a good draft up until that point as far as getting who I want receiver-wise, running back-wise at the ADP, it wouldn't be a bad s- selection. But ideally, I'm not taking Ben as a starter, and I think a lot of people would agree with that. But let's take a look at – who he's going to be throwing it to this year. He's got a new tight end and Doug touched on that there. And Pat Fryermuth, who they took in the second round to Penn Stater, who I know really well, he's a, he's a big guy. And uh, you know, the Penn state uh, has had a lot of good tight ends come out uh, of late. You talk about Jesse James, who was a former Steeler and Mike Kosicki as of late for the Miami Dolphins. Firemuth only played in four games last year due to the whole COVID pandemic, but we'll look to, you know, help the Steelers out. And one thing that Doug had brought up is his blocking ability, which really helps 
Uh, Eric Ebron was the starter last year, uh, currently listed as their tight end one on their depth chart. According to ESPN, that could change as of training camp. I kind of hope so. Uh, but last year, he was fantasy 14 with 56 receptions, 558 yards, and five touchdowns. Now let's take a look at the wide receivers and the Steelers kind of have a three-headed monster there when taking a look at the numbers. Actually, last year, Chase Claypool finished fantasy 14 with 62 receptions, 873 yards, and nine touchdowns. Juju Smith-Schuster, fantasy 21 right behind him with 97 receptions, which was sixth best out of all wide receivers, 831 yards and nine touchdowns. And Deontay Johnson, who's fantasy 24 with 88 receptions, 923 yards, so the most out of all of them, and seven touchdowns. I think the big question is, is can you trust drafting these guys, uh, Doug, in a league? Is There's three of them. They all produced last year, not terribly, enough to give you wide receiver two, a really good wide receiver two numbers. This year, you add in Najee Harris, you add in Pat Fryermuth. Does that change anything? Is there one guy out of these three that you're looking at more than the other? Okay, the one guy that I'm looking at out of the trio is probably Deontay, just simply because his ADP is going to be so much lower than what Chase and Juju are. You know, like Chase and Juju are probably going in an ADP where you're going to have to take them to be your wide receiver one. And that's not ideal, you know, because the Steelers are in a unique spot. They have three number one wide receivers and three guys who all different styles. Um, you know, any given Sunday, one of these guys can go off for like eight receptions and 100 plus yards. It's just a matter of which one it's going to be, you know, and I love Deontay in a PPR setting because we saw down the stretch last year, even during the uh, time when he was dropping a ton of balls was he was still getting like 12 receptions. He'd get like 12 receptions in 80 yards and you'd have like 20 some points out of them when it seems like, okay, this guy really didn't do much, you know? Um, but at the same time, I think the case can be made that uh, Chase Claypool is going to take a huge step forward. I think that he's going to be Ben's guy. You know, he has that freak athletic ability that we haven't seen since Martavis Bryant uh, as a stealer, at least. And, you know, I think that he can get himself right up there in like the upper end of the top 10 of wide receivers in uh, fantasy football and in the NFL this year. Now, Doug, I know you said about the ADP, and I looked into it a little bit more. I don't know if it would be a surprise to you, but how they finished last year is actually the opposite of their ADP this year. Johnson is actually going ahead of Juju and Claypool. Right now, he's going in the fifth round, so you're looking at maybe a wide receiver two or, or flex, which still isn't bad value. Juju is going somewhere in the sixth round with the same value, uh, which he's going around guys like LaVisca Chenault, Brandon Cooks, and Brandon Ayuk. Claypool is going in the seventh round. So does that change uh, any view of, of who you want to draft now? I like this a lot. Um, I need like 
I need time to mentally process what you just told me. But, um, you know, unfortunately in our league, it's going to be the complete opposite. Like those guys are going to be going like third or fourth round. But um, yeah, that's, that's a big surprise. But, you know, I feel like we saw this a lot with the Rams whenever they were good and they had like the three wide receiver look, you know. Same thing with the Pats whenever um, they had Edelman and Chris Hogan both at the top of their game. You know, whenever you have three wide receivers in on a team in fantasy football and you, you're drafting for fantasy football and you're three, three good wide receivers on a team, it's like you have no wide receivers because it's hard to commit to just one said guy unless you're really high on somebody. And, you know, truth be told, I'm high on all three of them. I don't really buy into whatever random narrative that, um, you know, Joe Schmo sports host on in Pittsburgh is peddling or whatever the hell it may be. You know, they're all three incredibly talented athletes and um, the future is still going to be bright in Pittsburgh, even without big Ben uh, potentially after this season or beyond, because they're all three great athletes. You have Najee for the long haul. And, you know, we we haven't even touched on with Najee, the principle of the run finally being able to set up a pass. You know, a lot of AB's monster seasons can really be accredited to uh, Le'Veon being able to be creative in the backfield and be such a dynamic back. And really keep defenses on their toes. They had, you know, they, you had no idea what was coming. During those Steeler teams that were so good but didn't want a Super Bowl, you were choosing which way to die, especially when Martavis was at the top of his game. You know, so that's what I think. But uh man, I'm I'm probably zeroing in on Chase because that's that's real good bang for your buck value as a seventh round pick. Yeah, I don't think you go wrong with any of them, and but it really depends who you got already, such as, hey, I need a wide receiver too, or I need a flex. If you're looking at one of those guys, I think they fit in perfectly in those two uh, spots. So as long as you're not needing a wide receiver one out of one of them, then I think you'll be okay. But if you draft as you should be, you should already have your wide receiver one and two there and a good backup with any of these guys. Garrett, we haven't even gotten to you yet about this, but again, three-headed monster. They all produced last year. Harris, uh, you know, Doug brings up a good point that we don't even look at. Maybe this sets up for better, um, you know, receptions for these receivers if they can catch the football. Um, but what do you think about this whole ordeal? Is Are you taking them where they should be? You staying away? Since there's three of them, do you like one more than the other? All right. So I I really like Deontay a lot. I know he dropped a couple passes last year. Um, I know he'll probably go higher than he should, even though his ADP says he should go at that. I really don't think he deserves to go at that point. Um, but I really think, uh, like Doug said, my guy would, would probably, if I went for any Steeler wide receiver, would be Chase Claypool. Um, I think that he'll develop a, a lot in this offseason to go into his second year as 
a wide receiver in the NFL. I just think that he has so much potential to be way better than Juju because I think Juju's still going to be our number one in the fact that guys are going to still want to double, you know, double team him or trying to like keep him with the best defensive back on him. So why not go for a guy kind of like, you know, a, a Chase Claypool who showed really great potential that he can be that guy, you know, like, like Doug said, there, we have three number one receivers on our team. You can't go wrong with any of them, you know, cause one, one, one game, one person will pop off the next game. It's the next, it's like, you never know who to choose. And that's why it's kind of also iffy taking, I think a Pittsburgh Steeler wide receiver early in a draft. You know, it's kind of like that one last year when we were saying, uh, or the year before with us, uh, with um, St. Louis, or now they're Los Angeles Rams. But, you know, when you have that many wide receivers, who, who's going to, who's going to be your guy. And I think you gotta, you gotta you know, slowly take it as a thing. It's like, okay, well, if he's not here in this round, I'll take Chase Claypool. If not, it is what it is. You know, they're iffy. Any, I think any guy you draft from the Pittsburgh Steelers for wide receiver is probably going to be your number two, unless it's a bye week and you need to put a number one in there. For sure. There's a lot of talent in Pittsburgh and hoping if you pick one that you get good value for them, but going a little long on the Steelers, but we are Steelers fans and it's bound to happen. Uh, so briefly, we'll touch on the defense. Uh, you know, last year they were ranked second overall and, They've just been a phenomenal defense. They look to keep it that way. Uh, but we'll jump to Doug, just briefly touch on the defense, and then your prediction of their record for this year. All right. So, really, the big thing to run around run on the defense real quick is they're pretty much running it back with the exception of losing Mike Hilton. Um, and, obviously, they lost Bud, but Alex Highsmith was playing so much down the stretch that he's going to be ready to take on that role. I'm excited to see him play, see what he can do. And, you know, big thing is we're going to have a big middle linebacker camp battle between everyone's favorite, just linebacker, Robert Spillane and Vince Williams. You know, one would think the logical thing is, is you're going to let Vince play. You're going to let Vince start because – you know, for years, he's been the one who's had the dot. He's been calling the play, calling the defenses. And I don't think Devin Bush is ready for that because, you know, he lost such a big year for himself, Doug, developmentally after tearing that ACL or after tearing whatever ligament it was in his knee. I don't remember which one, which one it was specifically. But, um, you know, at the end of the last year, like we were looking at like a year two player who was probably going to be playing like a season better in three, year three player. But now he's basically going to have to restart the clock and just basic and just run through it and try and get used to it. Eventually, Devin Bush will have the dot. He will be calling the defense, but I don't think it's going to be this year. So I can see them using Vince and as the starter, and Spillane's just going to be that you know diamond in the rough guy you bring in in certain packages, and he's going to be one hell of a special teamer because he was that already. And the big thing that we need to sort that's going to need to be sorted out is who's replacing Steve Mills. Um, I think that what they're going to do is they're going to have Cam at the nickel, Cam Sutton at the nickel, and then James Pierre is going to play the outside. But it, apparently it's been stated that Cam was promised the outside role. So maybe I 
think they're going to rotate the, the in in roles because um, I know James Pierre doesn't have a lot of uh, experience at slot corner, but Cam does from his time at Tennessee. Yeah, I think I think the defense is in good hands. You know, you're in you're in a good spot with uh, Minka uh, and TJ running the show, and you still have the best interior defensive line in the league probably with Cam uh, to it and getting Tyson Alualu back is huge. You know, he got COVID, he couldn't sign that contract with the Jags, and now he's able to come back. So that's awesome. All right, Garrett, real quick, defense-wise, agree with Doug? Still drafting him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'll make it quick. I think losing Hilton is going to hurt a lot, I think, with the edge edge rushing, you know, from the corners and stuff, because he was a great blitzer for a corner man. And his coverage wasn't terrible. But I think, you know, with, with the other guys we have and the way we – the way uh, that's the way our defense is, because Tomlin's such a defensive-minded coach. I You know, it's just – he knows what he wants and what he does. He's always had a great defense with him and almost every team he's had. So I'm not very too concerned and I'm really excited to make, uh, to see all these guys come back besides the, you know, those two key losses, Bud Dupree and um, Hilton. For sure. Now let's finish up with the record last year, 12 and four. We do our predictions every year of how we feel the team's going to do guys. We were right in that range, 12 and four, 11 and five. I wrote down 11 and five for myself. You guys, I feel said 12 and four. So right spot on with the record. Uh, but this year, you guys might not be happy with how I'm predicting it. They do have the toughest schedule out of all of them, adding another game to it. Generously, I'm giving them nine and eight. Generously. I think you guys are going to maybe not agree with me, but there's a lot of tough games there. Steelers tend to do better with the tougher games, but. Doug, what do you feel record-wise? I'm going 13 and four. Oh, all that, right. That defense is going to step up in a big way. Um, okay. I know a lot of people don't trust Keith Butler simply because he, for whatever reason, he decides to put uh, middle linebackers on guys like Keenan and Allen. But, uh, you know, I think that defense is going to step up in a big way. And I'll be honest with you, man, you cannot discount or doubt a Ben Roethlisberger who is getting slandered every single day in the media. You cannot, you know, and same thing goes with Chase and Juju, you know, like all this stuff going on with Devin Bush acting out of pocket on Twitter, basically saying like all this stuff about like TikTok and stuff saying like how he hates it. Like they're doing that and stuff that has to have them fired up and that's going to help them a lot. And, you know, they have a lot of key rookies. Um, I think for a big part of the first half of the year, uh, Pat's going to be in a Vance McDonald type role, but that second half, baby, he's, I think he's going to take off. You know, I like him as a, a low end waiver wire pickup on the, in, during the Steelers bye week and hopefully you stash him and he pays off. So yeah, that's where I'm at. That's what I want. I think they go 13 and four and they win the division. Damn it. Doug's high on the Steelers. Garrett, you in the same boat? I mean, I wish I could, I wish I could say the same thing. I wish I was as high as, as on the Steelers as Doug is, but um, 
I am going to go one game better than you, Ben. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more of a 10 and six season, a 10 and seven season. Sorry, but I just, I, I can really see a nine and eight. I, what I really don't want is a losing season, which never know. The time can be, this could be the time, but I don't know. I still think it's going to be a 10 and seven season for them. All right. Now I'll tell you what I, where I would draft. I'd say Ben is a quarterback too, which looks like we all agree. Harris could be a higher end running back one, but we have to see what he can do. He's going the second to third round. Maybe it's good value. I, I'm just, I want to see what he does in the preseason first before I give you a guarantee if I would take him there or not. Johnson, Juju, Claypool, all solid wide receiver two flex plays and draft the defense. Not too early though, but they're going to help you out this year. So that is the Steelers for you. Let's move on to the Baltimore Ravens. And let's start with their quarterback, Lamar Jackson. Last year, he was fantasy 10 after being fantasy one back in 2019. He had 10 less passing touchdowns and three more interceptions in the year prior. He was also ranked fantasy 22nd in passing yards, which isn't that great at all. He was down roughly 200 yards less rushing the ball, but still was able to produce seven touchdowns and was first out of quarterbacks in rushing yards, which obviously is where his value comes from. Lamar would have been in the top 10 in rushing yards as a running back also. I think that's pretty crazy to think that if you just put him as a running back, he would have been top 10. ADP right now is quarterback five, which isn't terrible for Lamar, but he goes right in between fantasy one year prior this past year, he finished fantasy 10. So do you think that this is a good spot for Lamar, Doug? Do you think that he can improve Uh, now? They add Sammy Watkins, but not much help wide receiver wise. You know, I think he's in a good spot. And I'm, I mean, once we get deeper into like these previews and stuff, I, I'll say the same thing about Josh Allen. Lamar Jackson has more value than the average quarterback due to what he can do with his legs. You know, like he, even though like there might be a game where he's not doing well throwing the ball, he's probably still going to have 80 to 100 yards rushing. You know, and that's, that's the big thing. And if there's a game where the, both the pass and the run are working for him, you're going to get like 40 some points out. And, you know, that's the big thing is like, he's, he's really money in the bank in terms of what he can do with his running ability. And, you know, I mean, everybody says that like they downplay like his ability to throw the ball. I don't think it's his, his throwing a ball is the issue. It's, he doesn't have a lot of talent at receiver, you know, no disrespect to Sammy Watkins, but he's not a number one receiver. Willie Sneed, not a number one receiver. Hollywood Brown, probably a good number two. You know, um, they have good tight ends, but like at the same time, it's like difficult for him to do anything whenever, you know, his receivers are like very average, you know, like there's not a single wide receiver on that roster I would draft even as a flex, you know. Like I might take a chance on Hollywood Brown as a flex because I think he can be a great player in this league, but still, you know, I don't know. Also, before we move on, I just want to say they have the greatest quarterback 
they have the greatest backup quarterback in the league in Trace McSorley. Boom. Go. Nobody can beat Trace. Maybe that's who the Steelers need in their uh, backfield behind Ben. But Garrett, we talk about not much help for Lamar, but he usually does it with his legs anyways. Quarterback five right now. That's where he's landing. You still like him there? I'm not – I mean, I've never really been a big dude on on him. But I tell you what this, Mark Andrews is a beast. And having him catch balls for Lamar I think works out perfectly. And like Doug said, they don't really have a number, number one receiver, and the best they might have is Hollywood Brown at a second, which I totally agree with. You know, but if you're going to take any of those guys – on your fantasy team, Hollywood Brown is the guy to go for. That's why, you know, do you want, it all comes down to, do you like a quarterback that gets you rushing yards or passing touchdowns and rushing touchdowns, you know, because with Lamar, you're going to get a little bit of mix of both, but some games like he doesn't pass the ball, but 150, 170 yards he does not pass the ball a lot. So you're going to get more rushing out of him, which then makes a, a chance of more injury if he's running around all the time. I like him in the top 10. I don't know how I feel about him at the top five, in the top five. That's, that's I mean, I, yeah. I don't have much else to say on him besides those two things, yeah. you know? Yeah. Hey, that's fair. And while we're at it, let's talk about his wide receivers. Uh, drafting a wide receiver, like Dougie said to me, isn't the way to go. Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown is their top guy. And he finished fantasy 30. We just talked about the Steelers. Their top three wide receivers all finished better than the wide receiver one in Baltimore. He had 769 yards and eight touchdowns. He did slightly improve from the year before, but again, Lamar just isn't that passing quarterback. They add Sammy Watkins to help out, but he's an injury prone guy. Garrett, you bring up Mark Andrews, top five wide receiver fantasy wise. He finished fourth last year with 701 yards and seven touchdowns, three less touchdowns last year than in 2019 and a little less yards. However, you know, Lamar went down as well. Andrews a little bit down, still a guy that you want to draft. So I'm sure you guys would rather have Mark Andrews than any of the wide receivers. He's a guy that you're going to draft way before Hollywood Brown. But again, where do you see yourself drafting Doug? I'll, I'll start with Garrett because Doug already kind of said he's not going with a uh, Ravens wide receiver. Uh, I am sure we all agree Mark Andrews is a top five guy to go. Garrett, are you in the same boat with us as far as the wide receiver core? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm not taking a, I'm not taking a Baltimore Ravens wide receiver. Only way I'm taking one is if we're in like the ninth round. I'm hurting. I need some depth on my my bench from for wide receivers, and there's a couple of them sitting there, and they're the best wide receivers available. I'm going to take them. But when it comes to the tight ends, and I see tight ends start dropping, you know, you, if you see once you see one good tight end go, you'll see a second one go the same round, and that's when it makes you nervous and almost crap your pants. So you're like, okay, now I gotta. What am I, who am I going to go for? Who would I want? Who do I want? And I think Mark Andrews is that guy you reach out for, you know, because you're, you know, Kelsey is going to end up probably being number one or whatever. But honestly, I take Mark Andrews above some of these other ones that already have good wide receivers because 
that is the only guy they have that can catch the ball. And that's the only guy that Lamar seems to trust the most, you know? And I, that's why, that's why I would not pick any of the Ravens wide receivers, unless it was really deep in the draft, really deep. Doug, let's touch on their running back situation. Uh, Lamar Jackson is a running back, running quarterback. He gets a lot of the yards, but last year we saw Mark Ingram, and then we saw J.K. Dobbins, who I was high on. Uh, Dobbins finished last year fantasy 17th with 805 yards and nine touchdowns. Not much of a threat in the passing game, but this team doesn't pass the well. And if they do, it's only to Mark Andrews. So what do you think about Dobbins going into his sophomore season? He's a guy that I would like to take a chance on. Um, I think that he's going to – it's going to be good for him to be the main back, be the number one back with uh, Mark Ingram departing for Houston. Um, but, you know, if, if Dobbins is having trouble early, I think we all know that they're going to go to Gus Edwards right away. Um, he's somebody that, for whatever reason, he's fit in their system. They trust him. He works really well for them. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we get into like a, you know, Philip Lindsay type situation where Gus Edwards is the main guy and J.K. Dobbins just kind of gets thrown off to the side if um, Dobbins struggles early in the season. Yeah, Dobbins is the guy now. Gus Edwards behind him. Garrett, it looks like right now he is – let me see if I have the ADP here. Looks like late third, early fourth round for a guy like J.K. Dobbins. Good spot for him. Is he somebody you're looking to draft, or are you just staying away from Baltimore? No, I, I mean, it, running backs are harder to come by. And I feel like with J.K. Dobbins, if he's, like I said, but it has got to be a little bit later. He ain't going to be one of my two first guys to go for, only because Lamar runs the ball so much. So just with just a, just a running back himself, I don't know if I'd go for him that much. I would like to see a little bit more, see what he produces more this year than he did last year, see what he can do. But it, it wouldn't be a guy that I, you know, probably one of my sleepers. I mean, I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there watching him. I, I probably would take him, like I said, but it's one of those things where I don't, feel comfortable at right now taking them in a higher round all right so I actually think he's a huge sleeper and he's a guy that I love 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 at the ADP last year in his uh, last six games he had 495 yards and seven touchdowns getting double digit fantasy points in each game an average fantasy 12th in those last six games, you take a look, 805 yards, nine touchdowns in those last six games. He almost got, he got over half of that in the yards and all but two touchdowns. He got there at the end. So once Ingram was out of that starting role and Dobbins took over, he dominated. I don't know if he's going to be your running back one. I'm not going to draft him there, but if you want a wide receiver and round two, and even round three, if you want to reach out for one, because I'm a running back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver guy. Here's a good example. If you get a running back first, where I feel comfortable drafting a wide receiver in the second round, a good wide receiver to then get J.K. Dobbins as my running back, too. I think it's a great spot. I think the value at running back 18 in the late third, early fourth round is 
fantastic for him. He's going around guys like Chris Carson, David Montgomery, which I'd rather have Dobbins the way that he finished than these two. And if you want Gus Edwards, he'll be available there. I think that's a great piggyback there uh, to take him as well. So I'm higher on Dobbins. I do like him. He's going to be a sleeper for me. And the ADP so far out of the AFC North, I think is the best ADP out of any of the players for a guy like Dobbins. Take a look at their defense real quick. They finished top five last year. And uh, again, not a defense that you wouldn't mind having. Guys, last year, 11 and five. We all projected 13 and three. Doug, I'm going 13 and four. I think that they can do just as well this year with pretty much the same team coming back. What are your thoughts? I'd say, I'd say 12 and five. Um, you know, I think as we get deeper into this episode, we're going to realize that like the Steelers, the Browns and the Ravens, they're all going to be like super tight in a divisional race because I know we haven't even covered the Browns yet, but like they, they look good. They, they, pro- they're probably out of everybody in this division. They're probably the best equipped to make a run. Um, but uh yeah, I think uh, 12 and 5 is sensible. Um, you know, it's just tough because there's a lot of question marks surrounding their wide receivers. I mean, yeah, they're good enough for them to win games, but, like, it's not good enough for them to take that next step to, like, that championship-level type of team. Garrett, same question to you. We're in that same ballpark. Or are you there with us? Yeah, I'm going, I'm going with a 12 and 5. Um, I think they're going to be, I think they're going to be good, man, but they, they don't seem to very be a, a really good playoff team. And that's what makes me nervous. I, and I think they're going to lose a couple key games that they shouldn't lose because I'm going to tell you here, when we get to this team, they're going to make a run. <laughs> they're going to be real nice. <laughs> hey guys, I think you're already jumping ahead to the Browns who we're going to be talking about next, but Guys from the Ravens that I like, Jackson, still going to be a quarterback one. Maybe not to your liking, but to a lot of people, QB1 is the spot for him. J.K. Dobbins, easily a very good running back too. I do think he has that running back one upside as a sleeper. Obviously, you're going to reach out for Mark Andrews and their defense as well. But now let's ju- jump on to the Browns, who surprised us last year, maybe some more than others. And let's start with their duo running backs that they have. Double trouble there with Nick Chubb, who finished running back nine. And oddly enough, Kareem Hunt right behind him at running back 10. Nick Chubb had 1,067 yards and 12 touchdowns, which was fifth best out of all running backs, where Hunt came in clutch in the passing game with five touchdowns, which was actually tied for first overall and receiving touchdowns out of a running back with Alvin Kamara Chubb is listed as running back 10 going into the second round in most drafts. His value isn't bad. Uh, he's going around the same as Cam anchor, Cam Akers, Joe Mixon and Antonio Gibson. You take a look at Kareem hunt. His value is even more incredible running back 25 in the late seventh round with guys like Travis Etienne, Mike Davis and Leonard Fournette. I absolutely love that value of Kareem Hunt, especially if he can produce just as well in the passing game where they really needed him as the wide receivers were hurt. Doug, are you going with any of these guys 
they both produced top 10 last year. Can they do it again this year? I mean, as it sits right now, this is probably the best one-two punch at running back in the entire league. Um, I would, I wouldn't mind taking Nick Chubb to be like a starter. Um, he put up really good numbers last year, but I really like Kareem Hunt in like that seventh round where you can take him to be your flex. You know, I know that we'll get into the seventh round, especially in our draft, and guys will be itching to take a chance on someone like ETN or somebody like Cam Akers, but like. I'll just be sitting there like, give me Kareem Hunt as my flex. I think that, you know, like you said, they both played off each other very well. You know, Nick Chubb's the, like, run, run pound ground guy. And, um, you know, you got Kareem Hunt who's like that really, really good guy in the backfield who's a really good receiving back. And honestly, that's something that would, would not have been on my radar uh, after his time ended on K- in KC of him becoming a really, really good receiving back because he was just a pure running back back then. And, um, yeah, I, I like both of these guys, but I think the best bang for your buck would be trying to take a chance on uh, Kareem Hunt and Seth Brown. Yeah, Garrett shaking his head like he agrees with us. So, Garrett, go ahead with your spill. No, okay, so last year I was – I was in three leagues. The one league that didn't really matter, I had, I actually had Chubb and Kareem, and I started them at the same time. And let me tell you, when you started both of those and they both blew up, points, 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 man. I don't think you can go wrong with drafting either one. And, yes, Chubb is probably going to be above Kareem. But, dude, I take, take your poison. Honestly, take your poison because they're both so, so good. I don't think I don't think you have a Chubb is more of a running uh, back, and with Hunt you get a little mixture of both. That's why if you're gonna wait and sit on one of them, maybe not jump the gun and get Chubb unless Chubb falls right in your hands. Take him, go for Hunt. Like Doug said, you could get him later in, in rounds and and stuff like that. If you're in a smaller league and stuff, Hunt is your guy to go for. He will get you both receiving and rushing touchdowns. He'll give you both receiving yards and rushing yards. I th- this like like Doug said, I the best one-two punch, the best one-two punch in the NFL easily. And the it just it drops right into right into the Browns' hands. Uh, I'm not kind of jealous. <laughs> yeah, I, I like these two, and obviously, like Doug said, I, I feel like Chubb is going where he should be, but the value of Hunt in the round that he's in, as we talk about ADP and value a lot uh, when we're discussing fantasy football, Hunt is the value play when you're looking at both of those because you can easily get those numbers out of him out of the backfield because of their issues at wide receiver. Not that they have bad wide receivers, it's just they had issues with injury. So let's just jump right into that. Tough season. Last year for these wide receivers uh, for Cleveland, Jarvis Landry finished wide receiver 33 after finishing wide receiver 11 in 2019, 840 yards and only three touchdowns last year. Odell Beckham Jr. obviously missed almost all of last year with the ACL injury, but so far I'm hearing that he will be good to go to start off the season. We had Rashad Higgins step up with four touchdowns last year. But Hunt was the guy. He had the most touchdowns out of any receiving core there, out of the wide receivers, out of the tight ends. It was Kareem Hunt. 
which is, again, a reason why I love that value in the late seventh round where he is going. They also have Austin Hooper at tight end, who we loved, loved, loved in Atlanta. But, guys, I think we all agreed that he would kind of be a bust in Cleveland. And he had 435 yards, four touchdowns, which was fantasy 21st out of the tight end spot. So before we jump to the guy that's throwing him the ball, Doug, I think it's really hard to judge this year where to draft these Browns receivers just because of what we know happened last year. We know the injury concerns. Uh, They are talented if they're healthy though. So what do you think about these receivers? What do you think about Austin Hooper? Obviously I think they do uh, upgrade from where they were last year. Obviously they stay healthy, but is there any one of these guys that you're, you're looking to snag in a fantasy draft? Before I touch on the receivers, um, Austin Hooper has Jimmy Graham himself. Buddy is cooked. It's over. Like, don't don't touch him, you know. But um, with these receivers, man, I mean, like you said, there's just such unfortunate circumstances surrounding at least the dynamic duo of Odell and Jarvis Landry. Um, I would I would prefer to take Jarvis Landry because he's such he's more of a possession guy. I like him more in PPR settings. Um, I'm worried about OBJ and his knee and, you know, Rashard Higgins, like, yeah, he had a decent um, sample size last year, but at the same time, it's like, it's not enough to warrant taking a chance on the guy. Like what, what's going on with Rashard Higgins reminds me a lot of what we were dealing with Deontay Johnson going into last year, where it's like, we know this guy has talent. We know he has the ability to be a really good like wide receiver two flex option, but we have to see it happen before we commit to it. Yeah, I agree. Garrett, what do you think about uh, the situation with the receivers there in Cleveland? Okay, go on. I can't get my mute button to go off. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, I, I think with them actually being healthy this year, if they can stay healthy this year, easily top three power offenses in the league. Like no, no way they don't. No way they don't do that. I I think if I think a receiver you take though would be like a um, Jarvis Landry uh, for PPR. Definitely for PPR. I mean, with our league, I I might think about taking him. Odell Beck. Odell. I'm hoping he has a nice. Uh, bounce back here you know it's a shame of him getting the injury and going down like that and um with we all know about Najoku I'm none of us were hyped up on Najoku I I wasn't hyped up on him he t- just terrible he's been terrible he's been hyped up too much coming into the league and he hasn't produced nothing um Hooper you know he's another guy tight end can go for not wouldn't reach out for him but um yeah, I'm really excited to watch this team, man. I'm really excited to watch this team. I actually, if the Steelers don't win the division or if they don't make the playoffs, I'm taking the, the Browns to go all the way. I I would love to see that happen. Yeah, and and Landry's a guy to go to as well. And guys, he's going right around the ninth round. So you're looking at guys like Marquise Brown, Corey Davis, Michael Gallup. I think for the value there, Landry would be the way to go. 
Um, OBJ is going, I think, way, way too high, right around the late fourth, early fifth round. I, 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 there's a lot of guys around him that I think I'd rather have than OBJ. Um, but whatever you guys prefer, let's talk about the guy that's throwing them the football, and that's Baker Mayfield, who finished Fantasy 17th last year with 3,563 yards, 26 touchdowns, eight interceptions. He was down tremendously in interceptions last year as he had 21 in 2019 touchdowns went up a couple as well. So he did improve last year, even though he had some uh, tough wide receivers, he didn't have that great of a tight end because of some injuries. So a full healthy Browns team, Doug, is he a guy that you would draft quarterback one? Are you still leaning quarterback two for Baker? I think Baker is a legitimate QB one. Um, I think that he's in that top dozen of the league of guys. Um, you know, he he's going into a year reminds me a lot of what we were saying about Josh Allen last summer, where he's going to take a huge step forward and he's going to achieve great things. And he's going to be a great fantasy quarterback, you know, and, the big thing is, and I, I didn't say this with the wide receivers, but I probably should have. They have so much momentum going into this season because of what they were able to do down the stretch. You know, beating the Steelers the way they did in the playoffs. Granted, we all hated it, uh, but that was a big thing for them. They gave the Chiefs a run for their money in, in that playoff game for a little bit. Um, they are, you know, this is the most hopeful that Cleveland has. This is the most hopeful that Cleveland has been about the Browns since that weird freak show year with uh, Derek Anderson and Brady Quinn, where they had almost had a winning record. Um, so, I mean, dude, I, I think Baker's a legitimate QB one. He's going to put up great numbers. Um, I think that he might finish in the top seven of fantasy this year. I think that he is ready to take that step. Granted, he's not like a lot of his counterparts where he's able to get it done with the legs as much, but he can still do it enough where he can provide value in that regard and get you some uh, garbage points here and there. Top seven for Doug Garrett. What do you, what do you feel about that for Baker? No, I, I really think like Doug said, he's going to have one of those years where, you know, we kind of doubted Josh Allen and, you know, he's going to come out and even prove himself even more. I, he's, he's really matured at the NFL level compared to how he played in college, you know, college, you could do whatever you want, still drop massive amounts of points, massive amounts of touchdowns, least amount of interceptions and stuff like that. But whenever you're playing in NFL, it don't work like that. And last year we saw how much he can improve. And I really think, I wouldn't say he's an, He's not definitely not a seven for me, but I could put him in like the top, my top 12. Honestly, I could throw him in my top 12. I would like, cause I think he has a potential where he is a quarterback one though at the same time is he already has a great run game. So how often is, you know what I'm saying? At that, that's a point too, like great quarterback one, but when you have such a good run game, once the other run games on, they just go to the Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt all game. Then that's a problem. I just, I, I really, 
I really would like like to draft uh, Baker Mayfield. I know I know Doug wants to, but I definitely not my first quarterback I'm going for. It's <laughs> just definitely not my first one. Yeah, I can yeah, agree. No, I agree. Yeah, I can Sorry. agree to that. No, you're good, Doug. I, I think we all expect him to step up to that level, and we all want him to step up to that level with that amount of talent that he has on that team. He needs to be able to – he should be a top-10 quarterback with that all that talent. He hasn't hit it yet. This has to be the year for Baker, I think, to produce those numbers. I'll give it to him last year with some of the injuries that he had, but – I do believe that he can be a top 10 quarterback. That's not where I'm drafting him. Uh, but if I had him as a backup, I wouldn't be disappointed at all. So as we finish up on these brownies, the defense is average. I don't think there's much to talk about. there. not really a defense that you would draft, but last year they go 11 and five. And I don't know if you guys uh, projected better, but I had them at six and 10. So I was pretty off with them there. Uh, this year, I'm going 10 and 7. I think that they finish ahead of the Steelers with potential to take over the Ravens to win the division. But uh, I do like the Browns over the Steelers there at 10 and 7. Garrett, I'll jump with you first. Where do you like the Browns to finish? Um, I will touch on their defense, though. I really have high hopes for their defense, and I think they're going to be pretty decent and going off of that i'm going with a 13 and 4 record for the cleveland browns this year and to take the division and finally bring home a super bowl championship that's not the ravens or the pittsburgh steelers i'm going all in boys i really think this team is gonna do it this year i really do place that bet garrett Place that bet. <laughs> I wonder what the uh, over under or the uh, the odds of that game, like you know, for them to win the Super Bowl are. Like, what I'm do you think it right is? Now. Yeah, I was just about to do that. I, I I think you'd get some pretty nice value there, Doug. If you want to say your record, I can look into this for it or look um, into this for us. Unless you're, I think they're gonna go. They're gonna go twelve and five. Uh, they're gonna have a really good year. Um. The big thing with their defense that I don't want anybody to discount is they added Jadavian Clowney this, this offseason, and that is um, – that's huge. Having him and Miles on the inside is uh, horrifying uh, for a quarterback. So that is big. So I, I'm seeing plus 1,600 right now uh, for them to win. They are oh, – let me just go back here. One, two, three, four, five, six. They have the seventh best chances of uh, winning the Super Bowl. So, sixteen hundred there. You place a hundred dollar bet, you're getting one thousand six hundred dollars on that. So, even a ten dollar bet, Garrett will win you one hundred and sixty bucks. So, uh, hey, hey, if Garrett likes it, place that bet. Alrighty, folks, we got one more team to go, but. You know, if you're sick and tired of looking at our faces, you can always listen to this on Anchor, on Spotify, on Google Play, or, hey, maybe you didn't get to see our beautiful faces. Jump over to YouTube and check it out. But we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals right now. And let's start with their quarterback, Joe Burrow, who last year only got to play in 10 games before he suffered a season-ending injury. He had 
2,688 yards that season, 13 touchdowns and five interceptions. So not terrible. Burrow was heading towards being close to the 15th best fantasy quarterback ahead of Baker Mayfield. If he would, if he would have stayed healthy, not saying he would get there, but that's where he was on track to. They still saying that he could miss some time due to that ACL slash MCL injury, but they're hoping he can be a starter in week one. So Doug Burrow, he last year was a guy that maybe we thought could do a little bit better. Maybe if he played the whole season again, he was on track to be in the top 15. If he can recover from this injury and start the whole season, is he a valuable option at the quarterback position? I think, I think he's somebody worth taking a chance on. I, I, I'd take a chance on him as a backup to start. I wouldn't say he's a QB one, um, but fully healthy Joe Burrow with the receiving core that they have and the run game that they have. I see no reason that he can't be successful at the NFL level. Um, they just need to, they need to block for him. They need to get people to block for him. And I, I was not big on them taking his dude, Jamar Chase over uh, Sewell because that man needs help. He needs, um, he needs to feel safe back there. And I think right now as things stand with the way that offensive line is, he does not feel safe back there. Hence why he tore literally everything in his knee last year. Yeah, I 100% agree with you on that pick, Doug. I think they had enough talent at wide receiver that they should have gone with the linemen. But I have a feeling that Joe Burrow had something to say about that, Garrett, as we'll touch on his receiver court here quickly. But uh, is this a guy in Joe Burrow that you would take on your fantasy team? No, I think Doug hit the nail, the head on the nail right there, man. He is a guy I would love to take a chance on, but he'd be like a backup. He'd definitely be a backup in, in, uh, in my case. Uh, I see, I saw so much potential last year when he was, <clears throat> when he was playing. It's just the fact that, you know, like Doug mentioned, his line, his line is not very good and they need to really buff and beef up that line. And I think for him to feel more comfortable that he doesn't have to run around like a chicken with his head chopped off and, getting hurt like he did. I, I really think if we, if they take the chance and slowly start building a line around him, he is the future. He is the future of that team. And he, gosh, I, I'm, I really love to see, you know, like a Baker and a Burroughs, like just take over the NFC North. I think with those two would be super awesome. Yeah, we, we hope the best for Burrow this year in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, not a guy that I'd be drafting possibly for my quarterback too, but I'd still rather take like a Baker Mayfield there. Jumping back to the Browns, Mayfield had quarterback two, Chubb running back one, Hunt running back two, and Landry uh, as a flex wide receiver two. Not high on OBJ as he's struggled the last couple of years, but let's jump back to the Bengals and their wide receiver core and – as Doug touched on, they did add Jamar Chase, who uh, is a former teammate of Joe Burrow in 2019. Uh, they had 1,780 yards, 84 receptions, 20 touchdowns. So that was with Burrow getting him the ball. Other wide receivers, though, T. Higgins finished fantasy 26 with 
908 yards and six touchdowns. And in five of his six touchdowns, they came from Burrow. So after he was out after that 10th game there, uh, he went downhill. T Higgins went downhill. So a healthy Burrow means a better T Higgins. Tyler Boyd also on the team, fantasy 35th with 841 yards and four touchdowns. He had 79 receptions, which was fantasy 19th. And also Boyd was better last year with over 1,000 yards and five touchdowns. So they have a decent trio there in wide receivers. But again, the question is, can they protect Burrow to be able to get the ball to those receivers? Garrett, we'll start with you. Are you drafting any of these receivers? They're all kind of in a maybe a close-knit bunch. We don't know about Jamar Chase yet. We saw what Burrow could do with Higgins and with Boyd. He's staying away, he's favoring one. What's your thoughts on this receiver core? Oh, yeah, and I don't think we're going to touch much on the tight end as Drew Sample is had only one touchdown last year, and that's who they're going with this year. Um. See, I'm kind of staying away a little bit from them. Um, though, if I had to go with any of them, I wouldn't draft them. Like, they're probably going to be more of, like, your flex positions for me. I'd probably go with, like, a Higgins or, a, you know, a Floyd. Like, I, I really think they – I think they really fit well with Burroughs. And I think that you're going to get your – you're going to get your, your bang for your buck at those positions if you draft them and you play them in the right – scenarios and stuff are they going to be your starter every week who knows that's why i love fantasy you never know who's going to pop off each week you got one dude who got zero points you know the week before and he played he played the a terrible jacksonville jaguars team but then you got some dude who comes out and plays against kansas city next week and he can drop to 30 it says it doesn't you just never know but those two are probably the only two guys that i think i'd go after on this team right now and I'm just going to sit and wait for the, and, and see if anybody drops somebody or, you know, watch waivers and all that kind of stuff. That's a team that, that's, that I'm going to be looking for at that kind of point. Yeah, I agree with Garrett. Doug, what do you think about this trio? I mean, I, I think, you know, you have to wait and see on them. Um, Jamar Chase might be an interesting option, but, you know, that might be later in a draft. I don't want, you know, I know, like, like, remember how we were with, like, Henry Ruggs last year where we were like, you know, we might draft him high, we might not. I think that's where I'm at with Jamar Chase. Um, I think that, you know, I'm not sold on – and the truth is I'm not sold on – it's not that I'm not sold on the talent at wide receiver. They have a lot of talent at wide receiver. It's just – is Joe going to be able to get them the ball? And that that's yet to be seen because there were times last year that offensive line was atrocious. And um, obviously Drew Sample isn't bringing much to the table, so let's hope to God the dude can block, you know, because that might be the only thing that he might come of use for. And it sucks for the Bengals because this is going to be a team like a year or two where – they're going to pay big money to a random tight end. And it's probably going to blow up in their face because of their inability to a draft and develop a tight end or B be able to find one in free agency. Yeah. 
I'm just really torn on the wide receivers here. There's not really one that I like more than the other. I think it really goes into uh, training camp and the preseason to see if any of them stand out. We won't really get to see a lot of action this preseason for this Bengals team, I feel like, to give you enough to say, all right, this is definitely the guy that I'm taking over the other. But, you know, we'll just find out. Not really one that I'm loving or that I'm going to jump out. Oh, I got to grab him here. Uh, it really just depends how drafts pan out, I think, on who you get. And wait until the preseason's over with until you do your drafts, and then you'll know better on maybe, hey, I like this guy at this spot now. But for now, I'm staying away from them. All right, the running back, Joe Mixon. He suffered an injury as well, only playing in six games last year. He had four touchdowns and 428 yards on the ground in the games prior to getting injured. Mixon is looking to bounce back with some fantasy relevance in 2021, but his ADP may be risky to draft him. Right now, he is going in the second round. Doug, at that spot, and we talked about Najee Harris maybe going there, do you like Mixon at the ADP? Would you draft him there? I don't. You know, he's another one just similar to how we were talking with OBJ. He gets a very high ADP regardless of the outcome because of the clout that he brings to the table. You know, I feel like for the past three or four years, fantasy owners have been teased by Joe Mixon uh, due to just straight up inconsistency or the inability to stay healthy. And once again, that's what happens whenever your offensive line is as incompetent as the Bengals have. Um, So I wouldn't draft him in the second round. Um, I'd let him slide because you don't know which Joe Mixon you're going to get. If you're going to get the elite playmaker Joe Mixon, hell yeah, go for it. But you're more likely to get the banged up, consistent, um, you know, week to week being questionable with a hamstring injury Joe Mixon than you are the elite talent Joe Mixon. Looks like Garrett's shaking his head. And those who are listening on, uh, not on YouTube or probably don't know what you're talking about, go over to YouTube to check it out. But uh, Garrett seems like he's agreeing with this. Yeah, um, I have never really been super hyped up on him just because of you never know what Joe Mixon you're going to get. That's why I try to stick far away from him. But like I said, if he falls deep and you need a backup running back or something like that, take a chance on him. Because even if it's only for the five games he might play every year, he's bound to have a couple good, decent games out of those. But like Doug said, you never know what what Joe Mixon you're going to get. And that's what makes me nervous about drafting him so high in these fantasy leagues because that's what makes or breaks a team, man. And I, I, for me, I can't, I can't, I haven't, I haven't been able to do that for three years now. And Joe Mixon has been in the league a lot longer than that. Yeah. Mixon has been a tease for sure. And I just don't like him at that ADP if he does fall short, but Right now, he's possibly your running back one if you take him where he's listed at, and I would not love love having him at the running back one position. I just think that it's a bad ADP for him, but if he falls to a maybe my third running back, I would be pleased with. Even if I get a good wide receiver and it becomes my running back two, I wouldn't mind that risk as long as I got a good RB one in the first round. Uh, so, Let's take a look at uh, this record. 
their defense not really that great. Last year they go four eleven and one, and guys, we said five and eleven, so we were right there on the dot with the Bengals. This year, I'm going somewhere three and fourteen or four and thirteen. I don't think they improved that much. Doug, agree, disagree. Where do you like them? I like four and thirteen. Um, I don't think that this team is going to be, um, you know, I don't think this team's going to be nearly good enough. Uh, I don't think they're ready to compete yet. But um, the good news for them is they'll be able to stockpile another top three, top five pick, and you know, watch they'll be in a position where they don't need a player and they'll be able to trade it out for a crap load of draft picks and they might get themselves into a uh, Miami Dolphins type situation where they just keep stockpiling assets and build around Joe Burrow. Looks like we're in agreement with four and 13. Garrett, how about you? Yeah, um, four and 13. If Joe Burrows is not healthy not playing well, kind of Joe Burrows we seen last year, or I'm gonna go one better and say five and twelve. <laughs> I don't know. I, this no, no matter what, this team's not going anywhere. So it's just one of those years where you gotta. I think it's just let's see what we can work with. Let's see what we need to make more improvements in the next coming years, and pray that you know this. You can at least give Joe Burrows some blocking. That's all. That's all the man needs, you know. And besides that, I let's go Browns. <laughs> <laughs> like some Browns in the division, and uh, yeah, the Bengals. I think are going to struggle this year. Uh, I don't see much improvement. They didn't do enough in the draft to make me think that they'll go better, even with a healthy squad. It sucks that they're the division that they are because you got three dominant teams and just the Bengals. So. That's one thing that doesn't help them, but that's our AFC North preview for you guys. We do all the homework. We study it up. You can just listen to us. You don't have to worry about going out and buying magazines like Garrett and I do. You just turn on uh, the podcast on your way to work while you're sitting at work, uh, while you're at the gym or go on YouTube. If you want to see our beautiful faces and uh, go ahead and follow us on there. Also social media, roast underscore m pod over there on twitter make sure to go give us a follow doug's going to be running some good stuff up on there probably some viewer questions as well and over on our instagram rm underscore fantasy football guys we're going to be posting weekly now until the nfl season gets started week one and we're going to do everything for you if you're into sports betting I am over on the podcast. We do the betting. Got to shout out those guys, Ryan Stanko and them over there. This is more of a fantasy podcast. The other one is to do some bets in every sport. So we're going to be tag teaming here, making sure that we get you all the fantasy, all the sports bets that you want so you can win a lot of money this year and not end up like Garrett with that uh, horrible license plate of the uh, – of the unicorn there saying that I suck. We don't want it for any of us this year. Uh, we'll give it to uh, maybe Christian. Well, how about that? So, <laughs> if he's even listening. All right, guys, that's all we have for today. It's great to be back and we'll see you next week. We'll jump to AFC South. We did the North. Let's head down South for next week. Have a good one, guys. <laughs>